Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the American Age Podcast. This is C. Travis Webb, editor of the American Age, and I am speaking to you from Southern California. And I'm Seth Rodney. I am an editor at Hyperallergic and part of the part-time faculty at Parsons at the New School, and I'm speaking to you from the South Bronx. And finally, I'm Stephen G. Fulwin, one of the co-founders of the Nomadic Archivist Project, and I am speaking to you from Harlem. It's quite beautiful here, and I can't wait to get back out and run around the city. <laughs> nice uh, one. This, is to, this is to remind our listeners that we practice a form of what we like to call intellectual intimacy, which is giving each other the space and time to figure out things out loud and together. Last uh, series of podcasts was on white supremacy, which we renamed uh, white misanthropy. Uh, and we're going to talk uh, today and for the next few weeks um, until you know until we decide to transition uh, about Michael Jackson, the king of pop. Mm. Uh, so <laughs> there, there's there's obviously <laughs> he's yeah. he's very much. Even though uh, now deceased several mm. years, uh, he's mm. still very much in the news um, mm. because mm-hmm. of a recent HBO documentary, Finding Neverland. Is that what it is? I think it's yes. Leaving um, Neverland. Isn't le- it le- Leaving? Leaving. 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 Oh, wow. Thank you. Leaving. Yeah. Leaving Neverland. Wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because yeah. you want to get the fuck out. <laughs> but do you ever leave Neverland? We're going to discuss that. That's well, the <laughs> Barbara Streisand thought it wasn't so bad for them. So oh I don't know if you guys my heard god! The, I don't know if you guys heard this? But what is it with people not thinking before they say things publicly? Like, on, like honestly, and she should be smarter. I mean, honestly, you are going to say to a, a wide audience they were thrilled to see him and spend time with him, and it wasn't so bad for them. Like, let me let me just say this out loud because um, we. I, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, and I don't want to hijack it, but I do want to let listeners know. That mm-hmm. I was molested as a child. Okay, I I mm. went through that. So okay. part of me, man, way is, to front load the conversation. Well, yeah. how the fuck am I supposed to segue from that? Well, <laughs> I'm just I, do, I I I do think and that, this is the work. And right? The exactly. Work. Exactly. This is the work. Like, the work. Yeah. like I'm not I'm not particularly emotional about it because I've I've worked this through through therapy and I know the ways that. Um, molestation has shaped and conditioned the ways that I think about my bodily autonomy, like what mm. the borders are for me and, mm-hmm. and, and how they can sometimes be rather porous, mm-hmm. especially in terms of like having a handle on my, my own sex drive and, and, right. and my sense of um, what people want from me. That was a difficult one, like figuring out mm-hmm. when people like me, what they wanted from me. Um, because mm-hmm. they like okay. it. So I just am sensitive to uh-huh. people's stories of being essentially seduced. I mean, one of them, I think it's fault. Is it, is it Falchuk or was it, what's the other? Safechuck. Safechuck or the other, or the other person whose name's slipping my mind now talked about being seven years. It was the other guy actually. He talked about being seven years old and mm-hmm. basically being groomed into the sexual relationship with Michael. Mind you, I also have to say that I'm not entirely sure that that what all what all they say is true. Like I, I can't know that, but right. I am mm-hmm. definitely on the um, on the side, very very much so, 
um, on the side of people who report this, even if it's 20 or 30 years after the fact, um, because that kind of story is always difficult and you're always putting yourself at risk and in harm's way to tell mm-hmm. it. So there's, I don't think there's a lot of, I don't think there's a lot of upside if for, for, for making stuff up. Um, so, so people not being, but being people essentially like Barbara Streisand being glib about this doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. I, I, no, no. Actually, go ahead, Stephen. Please. please. Oh, I was just going to say. So you saw Leaving Neverland. You told me before the podcast. I saw. That you I saw, saw the first half of it. Yeah, the first right. half. Yeah. And so the reason why you told the audience that you were molested is to sort of situate the way you were thinking about it. Exactly. Also, exactly. Okay. I just wanted to. Cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not. It wasn't what? just confessing it just to confess, or because um, I remember having a conversation with my father one time about this, and he said, "Oh yeah, well, why would you tell other people that?" And I'm like, well, it's where I'm coming from. This is yeah, part right. of this is part of who I am, and this is part. Mm-hmm. That is a very salient part of how I approach these stories. Okay. So yeah, the only the, the one thing to to toss in is. Um, you know, and we'll probably certainly we'll certainly get into this in one of the podcasts. I think um, so. Having experiences like that, um, where you have been victimized, right? And and mm-hmm. I, I I know because I know Seth very well. Seth does not the narrative of yourself to yourself is not of being a victim, but clearly at not that at age, that's yeah. what you you were a victim. You're victimized, yeah, right. Yeah. And so that when that happens to us as humans, we become pretty sensitive to that type of victimization. Right. And that, that, that sensitivity is a double-edged sword mm-hmm. because it, it calibrates us to be a pretty um, delicate instrument for detecting that same victimization in others. Right. But mm-hmm. it sometimes uh, gives false positives, right? Yeah. And so we, we see things because of the ways that we, because of our past experiences and the ways that we've been victimized. Precisely. So it doesn't always make us, and this isn't directed to Seth, which I know he understands, is this doesn't mm-hmm. always make us reliable um, investigators. It doesn't right. make us a, a, a reliable um, in the sense of, of, of objectivity. Uh, it, f- doesn't, it doesn't make us reliable in that way. I'm sorry. I, f- I fully concur. And I want to say that out loud because I think it's really important that we not do the thing, and by we I mean Stephen Travis and I, not do mm-hmm. the thing of, and I know that we don't. I know that we don't do this. I know that we tend to be skeptical and rigorously um, rigorously curious in the best way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we t- I, but I don't want to ever fall into the trap of, you, you, you know, you've got, you, you've, you've been in these conversations where somebody stands up and they say, well, as a victim, I know that blah, blah, blah right. must right. happen. And like, you're and like, just, no, it's no, as, it's, it's as, like, it, no, but, it's as, as ridiculous as the Jackson family saying it didn't happen, right? Because That's right. you weren't there, <laughs> yeah. right? You were yeah. not there. My brother right. would never do this. Your right. brother is a human, right? Uh-huh. So your brother could very well do this, 
was well within the possibility. Right. Yeah. Yes. Like, it's, yeah, it's, yeah so, they're both forms of nonsense. Go ahead, Travis. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. No, I was going to say, so yeah, so I think there's a lot of good stuff. Not good is, is the, like, the worst adjective I could use. The, mm-hmm. There's a lot, there's a lot to mine here in, in mm-hmm. the Michael Jackson mm-hmm. thing. And, and I actually, I didn't, I, I mean, obviously I knew that about Seth's history, but I appreciate I appreciate you leading off with that, actually, because because uh, we all bring something into this, right? When mm, we we, I mean, right. Michael Michael Jackson in our off the air conversation, I you know we had talked about sort of his status as a totem or whatever. Mm. So we you know we mm-hmm. we map uh, and I and. And on, upon reflection, I don't think it's a great analogy for a number of reasons that we don't have to get into. But, but uh, meaning that he's just a powerful symbol that we map a lot onto, right? Yes. All of us. No, and, well yes. said. I agree. Um, yes. And, yes. And I, so, with that, Seth, if you have anything else, I was going to kind of let Stephen sort of move us into maybe just a brief recap of kind of where these allegations were born out of and where they stand uh, because we probably have listeners that haven't made it through these six hours or five hours or whatever it four is. Hours. For the, the, yes. Four hours. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, before we do that, before we do that, and, and I think Stephen is well prepared to... to, to <laughs> I love this. <laughs> to uh, to, to sort of lay out the yeah. case. Um, I think I just think that you, Stephen, understand it better than 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 either Travis or I do. Certainly, yeah. I want to. What I want to question is kind of, mm. and I and I, and I welcome the opportunity to to work this out in live time, um, live on air. Is how we want to proceed with this conversation around Michael, because given his totemic mm-hmm. status, right, we can spend a long time talking about his sexuality and or the kinds of probably illegal things that he's done um, with yeah. boys um, mm-hmm, give, mm-hmm. Um, given his life uh, and what the allegations are and how they uh, how they've been working their ways through through various um, legal and um, uh, procedural apparatuses we can also talk about Michael Jackson in terms of race in terms of like his mm-hmm. transformation over the years from a black man to I'm not sure what he passed away as like I just like Mm-hmm. A, like a hybrid kind of person. I don't. Mm. Well, we can get into well, that. He, yeah, we can get into that. That's fun. So yeah, um. yeah, we can talk about that. We can talk about Michael Jackson as, as a kind of the first, maybe the first real megastar, the person who sort of set the bar for having these the kind of lifestyle where he had separate residences that were all kind of enclosed camps. And oh, yeah. literally everywhere he went in the world, there were thousands of people trying to get close enough to touch him. Like, I mean, that's happened before. Yeah. That clearly he mm-hmm. wasn't the first, but he was one of the f- first people who made that sort of so visible to us. Like, this yeah. is what a megastar looks like, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we can talk about his own abuse at the hands of his father um, and his whole family dynamic. What else? Well, I mean, one of the th- the things that occurred to me about Michael Jackson when I was kind of trying to familiarize myself with sort of his more details of his story is how um, how accurately he represents uh, the problems and possibilities of capital mm. because he essentially made every genre and theme fungible, right? He mm-hmm. could, yeah. I mean, you know, from yeah. horror 
to mm-hmm. criminality, to sexuality, mm. to race. Mm. Like it, it essentially, he was able to transform all of those um, genres and those themes into glitzy, glossy, saleable pop. Yeah, no, it was legible. Interesting. It was Interesting. legible in so many different ways. I agree. Yeah. With you. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, absolutely. That's uh, that's fascinating. So where do we start? Uh, Let's start with Michael Jackson is still the most famous person in the world. <laughs> God okay. He's damn. been dead for a decade. Wow. Think about okay. that. Yeah. Um, I agree with Travis. I still feel hmm. very much that we're dealing with Michael as this is the most famous person in the world who will never be created again. So hmm. he was a star as a child and he became hmm. a megastar in his twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the Eagles album, the greatest hits and thriller. And it continued to trade spots on the mo- the best selling album of all time. Wow. Okay. Wow. Yes. Okay. Yes. And so I didn't know that. those, so I just by, wanted to, is it by a wide margin, Steven? I mean, the number one not, spot. That's not since I've checked. Okay. Not since I've all checked. Right. It really kind of depends on the whims. Like there might be a Michael Jackson movie. That's not so, um, that's more in his favor, more positive look at him. And then his right. numbers go up. You know, and then the Eagles come and they do whatever and vice versa. So, but it is interesting because, for example, for a point of reference, when R. Kelly's uh, Surviving R. Kelly, that um, teleseries came out, he got a boost (laughs) in sales. Yeah, not surprising. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, to me, I I, I framed it this way. I was like, I'm looking at a story where this man is being accused of abusing young girls. And I go, you know what? I love that song. He's just like, (laughs) right. Right. No. No. Or can I I just uh, interject and say (laughs) one of the things that that annoys me to no end about that situation with R. Kelly is. Having Erica Badu go on Twitter or one of the social media platforms and tell or talk about how she loves him unconditionally, um, mm. dot dot dot. I just, I, I, again, I'm flabbergasted mm. by why by by the choices people make about what they say with regards to people who are not merely controversial, mm-hmm. but at the very least problematic. Yeah. How they come to their defense and the kinds of things that they say in mm-hmm. their defense. It just, I just don't understand. I don't understand that. So Why would I want to say, say this before I go into Leaving mm. Neverland. Very mm. briefly, mm. I've always gotten the impression by the way we respond to people who make accusations, women, mm. children, what have you, that somehow they deserved it. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So one, I I want to I want to go into that. I think that it's a good one thing. I, the only thing I want to say is to extend some empathy to someone like maybe Barbara Streisand is, okay. you know, she, I mean, she was actually friends with him. I so know like that. If 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 one of you like if there were these crazy accusations that came out about but about one of you, particularly Seth, because I've known him for you know decades. Stephen, I mm-hmm. love you, but I just we we haven't known each other quite as long. He could do it. I, yeah, Stephen could have done right. it. I, I, I would. <laughs> thing, I, I would defend. I would defend you and and the people that I'm very close to. On, but how would you on defend every me pla- though? Well, I'm I, I, I may. I may. Really. I may. This, this is fair. I'm not. I'm not. 
I'm not uh, advocating her strategy, but the impulse Mm -hmm. to defend, I I also think that therefore makes me an unreliable arbiter (laughs) of justice, right? I mean, I should not be called to a a jury trial for you or Seth. That shouldn't happen. I would not be a reliable person to do that. No, your chips are over here. That's right. Yeah, right, right. So So I'm I'm invested in something else. I, I would give someone, I don't know, uh, Erica Bardu, I don't know if she has a relationship with R. Kelly. I don't know what that is for her. But, Neither do I. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, you know, Streisand, it was a stupid thing to say. But, I mean, they were friends' friends. And yeah. so, you know, anyway. So, I'm sorry. No, that we, 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 we blame them. I mean, Stephen, you were saying that, that part of us blames well, them. Well, I'll say that that seems to be the perception I get when I watch people who come it was. It happened during the Weinstein um, conflama. It happened during all through Me Too. What was she doing there? What did she expect mm. with kids? With mm. kids, they're kind of like because we already have a really kind of re- sort of weird relationship with children that that we own them and they should mm. do the things we tell them to do. And so, mm. where I see more sensitivity coming into the conversation, the public conversation about people who've been victimized, I still feel like. The way that even the R. Kelly um, series, they were still like, "What are these girls doing? Why she's so fast?" That kind of thing, and I, I mm. and I would hear these things, but mm. also watch it play out with people who even have sympathy for that person. Mm. Do you know? So it's a I, weird I feeling. It's a weird I, I feeling. I do. I do, and I have felt that. I mean, yeah. so I'm gonna I'm gonna own that. I I actually okay, I, I okay. think I think I have felt that, and and you know, unjustly sometimes, and and I would maybe say in certain circumstances justly. I mean, uh, but yeah, I you're right, and you know, right. I it's it is a difficult thing to parse, um, and I I know for me, it's probably pretty intimately connected to my own mythology of how human society works. And I say mythology mm. intentionally because okay. I've, I'm pretty invested in a story of agency, right? Mm-hmm. That it that it has some effect on the, on, you know, the quantum spin of events in the human world, right? Not, it may not be the determining factor. It may not be gravity or something like that, but that we can, we can nudge things through, mm-hmm. through our choices. And so, you know, I around the Weinstein thing is a good example. Like, I don't know, you didn't have to suck his dick. I kind of feel that way about it. Like, you don't like. I, Even, I mean, he's a predator. He's an awful human right. being. I think he should go to jail where he has broken laws. I think he's a disgusting pig. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I also feel at the same time that th- these women are not like across the board hapless victims in those circumstances. So I want to I want to use an anecdote. I'm sorry, let, mm-hmm. let, let me just jump in with an anecdote that a friend of mine, Leonard Nalens, told me. I think he was reading, um, is it Martin Amos? Kingsley Amos mm-hmm. had a son, Martin Amos. I think it was mm-hmm. Martin Amos who said this. So if I misquote this, um, please forgive. But he said something like, you can say no before, you can say no during um, yes. a sexual assault. You just can't say no after. Mm. I, I have a problem Which, with that. Right. But okay. I understand uh, it. I right. understand it, but I do right. have a problem with that. Right. Now, my, now mm-hmm. let me just cl- clarify. Vis-a-vis okay. Harvey Weinstein, I echo all of the things that Travis just said about him. I think he's mm-hmm. revolting. I think he should yeah. be under the jail. 
And when I read, <laughs> when I okay, read, black man. <laughs> when I read uh, uh, Laura Dern's uh, testimony, it wasn't mm-hmm. really testimony. I think she was telling a story to some a particular news outlet about how Harvey Weinstein was banging on her door one night to try to get her alone, basically invented some party that was supposedly downstairs in the hotel. He was, she was staying mm-hmm. at a hotel. He was staying at the same one. I think it was in Cannes or something. And he was mm-hmm. uh, invented this party. Got She got dressed, went down. No one's there. Um, basically came back to her room. And the only reason she said that Harvey got, he, she got him to leave when she opened the door was that she was with a guy, I think her makeup artist or, or a friend. Um, mm-hmm. I just got uh-huh. the feel, the way she described him, I thought he was a gay man who happened to be a friend, but he could have been like a mm-hmm. makeup artist, so whatever. Right. But the way she described it, like it was, it was, it was, he was barely held in check mm-hmm. by the presence of another man. Barely. Like he yeah. was like, yeah. he was basically a wolf at the door. Um, Absolutely, and she, and she was just frightened out of her wits, and and then of course when she refused him, asked him to leave, got him to finally get out of her hotel room, closed, bolted the door. Mm-hmm. Um, the next the next day, she said everything was canceled, like the hotel, yes. the yeah. trip, like every, like this man is a monster. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the before, during, and after. No. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because what we're talking about here is the assumption is that people have more agency than they than they claim or that they actually have. Mm. Um, and I say it's different for every group of person. So I think it's mm. different from an adult woman or adult white woman, adult black woman, and then children. So if we bring right. children into it, right. yeah. I so agree. that's a very different game. I agree. I agree because at, I think at five years old, at seven years old, I, what, what's your ability to say no? Yeah, you, you are unarmored. Right. Yeah. You are constantly being told what to do all the time, I agree. where to be, I, and all of that. I, I agree. So, I, I, so, so, and, and, yeah. and I thank you for that's exactly what I what I meant is that mm-hmm. um I I do feel like we have to parse some of how we talk about victims. And I agree with you. I mean, as a child, you are I I don't remember who said that. Maybe actually Joseph Campbell in a kind of Mm. Uh, uh, in some uh, book observation Power about children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I mean, you're unarmored as a child, right? Mm. So like the, the the process of becoming an adult is armoring yourself for the social world, mm-hmm. right? And it, it, certainly at five, you are, you are, you're a bug on its belly, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you are absolutely yeah. fully exposed, absolutely um, vulnerable, and 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 fully and fully vulnerable. And so, uh, I I do I I do have um, no. I'm not at all interested in maybe in some sort of sense of curiosity, but as as a defense or as a qualification, mm-hmm. what. The what gymnastics the kids did at that age to feel okay about that experience or being uh-huh. in the room during that experience. Like, I just, I, I don't really feel like that is uh, a valuable part of the story as far as, uh, as far as how we should come to terms with someone who appears to have been a predator. Right. I but I definitely right. feel that people have questioned children and continue right. to. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. right. You know, uh, in so probably, many ways yeah, about right. that. You know, and mm-hmm. that's just like on documentaries. I think I was telling you guys about abducted in plain sight. Right. It's a really good documentary that uh, really almost 
it's leaving leaving Neverland and its disturbance. Abducted in plain sight is even more disturbing Mm. because of of all the different contexts in which it was created. One of them is sexual abuse of a child. Mm. Um, And so what I kind of want to do, because are we... I think we're running close to. We're, we got five minutes. We, we got five minutes. We're, you were good, yeah. So I wanted to just kind of um, open it up by saying that for those of um, listeners who haven't seen Le- Leaving Neverland, you probably should. Um, if that's mm. your interest, because it's an interesting documentary that puts on the table how, if you're a Jackson fan, Michael Jackson fan, or even if you're mm. not, where to place him. Hmm. because of the accusations of these two boys. And it came out in 2019. It came out, I think it premiered on HBO March 3rd and 4th. And it's the focus was on two men, Mm -hmm. Wade Robeson and James Safechuck. And they alleged that they were sexually abused by Michael Jackson for years. Mm -hmm. And they talk about the effect it has on their families, their moms, their sisters, brothers, father. And as a result of this being... um, the documentary, which premiered in two days uh, for two hours on each, people are now um, the the what do you call it the um, the after effect has been very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of think pieces about it. A lot of people asking, "Do you believe it? Do you not believe it? Why didn't these boys come? Um, why didn't they come? Uh, what do you call it? Uh, come out forward. with these accusations earlier and come right. forward with the accusations earlier? Why right. did they support Michael Jackson through two trials?" Right. <laughs> 1993 and 2005. Mm-hmm. Why did they support him? But when you sit down, I've, I've seen both. I don't. I didn't. I stopped watching it because I was going to sleep and I didn't want all that pain and hurt mm-hmm. in my head before I went mm-hmm. to sleep because it was very disturbing. So I watched mm-hmm. it in daytime. But I sat there going. So Wesley Morris from the New York Times really encapsulated what I was thinking was, I, I didn't want to hear this, yeah. but I wanted to hear this mm-hmm. because. Now I have to decide, because there's no easy way to do this kind of work, this emotional mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. Michael Jackson, I grew up with Michael Jackson. I grew up listening to his music, the Jacksons, mm-hmm. all of the Jacksons, mm-hmm. and the different points in my life were, of course, before I even went to school, I wanted to do the thrill, watch Thriller on television mm-hmm. <laughs> and would mm-hmm. be late going to school and then going to school and dancing the mm-hmm. Thriller dance. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. like a lot of people, would watch Michael Jackson's change and wonder why are you hanging out with little boys mm. why are you doing this you know and that's my heterosexism going where's your girlfriend or where's your wife and that kind of thing but oh michael jackson there was this there was a moment where people just constantly made excuses for his behavior mm-hmm. yeah michael jackson's a genius he was abused as a kid it was <laughs> this he was that <laughs> and <laughs> you know People gave him platforms to talk about it. Oprah did. Um, the -hmm. guy, the Martin Bashir um interview, he Mm -hmm. I think he did it once or twice. Michael's in the video saying, There's nothing wrong with having sleeping with children. And I remember sitting there going, kind of what Chris Rock said. Chris Rock said it, never scared. He goes, We forgave you for one kid. (laughs) Now you got another kid. (laughs) Can I I have Michael? So go ahead, please. Can please. I can I tell you, Stephen? One please. of the things that is most convincing to me about mm-hmm. the Leaving Neverland film. Again, I've only seen the first half. Okay. One of one of the pieces of evidence that is most convincing to me that is sort of presented as as a piece of evidence, mm-hmm. uh, but also leaves it up to me to to make that determination is uh-huh. the number of faxes mm-hmm. he sent, either Robson or Safechuck. It, uh-huh. Like and the way the parents talked about how 
the boy would come home. Either boy would come. No, I think I think it was Robson. I think it's come. Yeah. Oh yeah, Wade Robson would come home and he would be on the phone with Michael Jackson. For, for hours. hours, six or seven hours, and then what the fuck? on top of that, you get reams of faxes, and they show the different fa- like with yeah. the same kinds of messages, but you know, worded slightly differently from day to day. Uh, miss you, love you, hope you're doing well, can't wait to see you. Like this is these are missives from a lover, not a grown a man plus who old. has a right friendship with a seven year old. Yeah. No. No, the fuck, no. No, the so, fuck, I mean, no. just that, <laughs> ev- that evidence is just damning in and of itself for me. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, the thing. No, no, please go ahead, Very briefly, is that the way these men talk about Michael Jackson <sighs> as if they were still in love with Michael Jackson. Oh, yeah. Really, is a, it's almost like a. Uh, it's like um, sexual abuse 101. Yeah. Pay attention to the way these men are going, you know, he abused me and they're crying or whatever. They're like in this really liminal space where there's still seven and then there's the adults. And right. so they tra- travel in and out of these stories. And mm-hmm. if you're watching closely mm-hmm. and if you know anyone who's been abused, mm-hmm. why they keep it inside? Yeah. Why? Yeah. They keep yeah. it inside. So I'm sorry. Go ahead, Travis. No, no. I was going to say that it, what Seth said is... Uh, echoes one of the things that I had thought about it, which was the fact that they spent every night in Michael Jackson's bedroom. Like, I don't want to spend every, I mean, I barely want to sleep with my wife every single night. Like that's, I mean, I mean, I'm just kidding. I love my wife, but uh, but, yeah, (laughs) no, no. But I'm saying that like, that is an intimate relationship. Like there is no, I mean, there is no other human that I would want to be that close to that often than my intimate. Like there's no, you know, I mean, it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter who it is, you know, my son, I mean, just, it it just doesn't matter. Um, And then the other, the the other thing that I I thought um, when you were describing the situation, Seth and then, and then Steven also was that, you know, as far as we have a really hard time, uh, with pleasure and morality. So oh, yeah. mm-hmm. undoubtedly these boys experienced, so brackets around what I'm saying, anyone out there that is like uh, easily offended, undoubtedly these boys experienced pleasure in yeah. their, mm-hmm. and, in their and they And they say they did. Yeah. yeah. Yes. No, absolutely. Uh, That's yeah. part but, of the, but, the craziness of it. And, right. and, and people may experience pleasure um, may feel, you know, bodily sensations of pleasure, psychological sensations of pleasure. And that should be siloed from the morality and the ethics of what is done to that person. Agreed. So, so mm-hmm. it's, it, it just doesn't, these things are not related, right? It just doesn't, it doesn't matter if, I like let's say if I stab you in the gut and you have a rush of endorphins and feel mm-hmm. a sense of of uh, whatever weird pleasure might be associated with that it does not in any way shape or form obviate the stabbing in the gut so can I can, I, just, can I can I can I give a, a slightly better anecdote is that um oh, if you do say you? so yourself <laughs> <laughs> I mean if you think it's better sure <laughs> I know and as, as the words were tumbling out of my mouth I thought oh yeah well maybe maybe I can reel that back nope too late um, um a certain num- a certain significant percentage of women orgasm oh, yeah. during the I, 
Yeah, I wasn't actually. I that was the example I had in my head that I wasn't yeah. going to use. So yeah. now that you okay, no, no schmuff. I mean, and and we yeah. have a difficult time with it. And I, and I, I know. you know, but we're adults, and this is this is the work, right? As yeah. Stephen right, said, this is, this the, is work, the work. Yeah. Yeah. Like that happens, and yeah. and I've had women I know as, who are close friends say to me, not necessarily in situations of sexual assault, but in situations where they had sex with their partner at the time, and they thought I didn't really want to do that. Like right. and I, and I or I felt or I, one friend actually said to me I felt my body had betrayed me. Yeah, I just wrote that phrase so, down. Body that, betraying you. Yes, yes. yes. So yes. it happens, and I think that we that one of the ways that we need to come to terms with sexual assault is precisely that. I like the way you said it, Travis. Is to silo off or to bracket bracket off the notion of pleasure of the person being exploited being victimized having pleasure from mm-hmm. the this the situation of exploitation and yeah. or assault yeah wow um all right so that was a lot that's michael jackson everybody yeah <laughs> that's all he is we, we, so, we'll be back what, a few weeks uh, so <laughs> uh, our next topic i mean why don't we why don't we zero in on something uh steven or seth do you have something that you want to open with uh as far as exploring michael well jackson i history? think we need to i think we need to all just finish never what leaving neverland and yeah. finish the pieces that that steven has suggested we read one by wesley morris i think and another by um Someone else, I, I forget Her name who is Kierna Mayo. Thank you. I think Kierna we, Mayo. I think mm-hmm. we just need to 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 round the round out this conversation by watching those things and and reading those things and, okay. and seeing where we end up. Okay, okay, that works. That's good. Uh, uh, a footnote to the conversation: since my son listens to the podcast, Stephen had said we have a weird relationship with our children, and we think that they should do what we tell them. Uh, you should do what I tell you. So, <laughs> and if so, my kid is thirty four, here's this. Yes, you should do what I tell you to do, Andre, as well. <laughs> so, thanks very much for the conversation. We'll talk right. to you guys Thank next you. week. Yeah. Take care. Week.